To me, we are the most beautiful creatures in the whole world, black people. I mean, and I mean that in every, every sense, uh, outside and inside. And to me, we have a culture that uh, is surpassed by, 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 by no other civilization, but we don't know anything about it. So yeah, I, I, I want to talk about today, I want to talk about um, uh, just boundless black creativity and um, uh, the things that made us, us, yeah. as far as like boundless black creativity uh, and like the North Star. I feel like we all have like this North Star and it's why like sometimes we get mad at the content that we see uh, today because we're just remembering this North Star and like, and in our minds, it's like, oh, this, it could be so simple because we've seen it been done before with way less of a budget. Like, I want to know what the universe soul budget was. Let me take you inside of the most soulful show on earth. It's the universe soul circuit presented by Honey Nut Cheerios and Four. Now playing through May 11th at Prospect Park. The Lions and Tigers. The Elephants. The Death Divine Feast. It's nonstop entertainment for the entire family. The Universe Soul Circus. It's now playing through May 11th at Prospect Park. Take D train to Parkside Avenue Station. I want to know, like, what those very first meetings were like. Because it, like, because, okay, so I'm thinking, like, it had to be one person that like was like oh i went to zimbabwe and i saw this mm -hmm. like, definitely it, someone who just came back from africa yeah yeah, like, yeah sure. let me tell you what they're doing over here it's just like okay well i know somebody to do this it's just literally like every like it's like a like a like a cookout of possibilities it's mm -hmm. just like who gonna do the chicken who gonna make the potato salad Mm -hmm. Who gonna and, do the trapeze? Does anyone have an elephant? And it's just like doing and I think about like how much work like we've done without the vocabulary, without the you know, academia, without the scholarly explanations of it. Sometimes like, just based off like genetic memory because i'm like if you were like i think about the things that were created like universal circus i gotta look up the year but it, it couldn't have been later than nine than 94 that like the meetings were taking place yeah like and i'm like there's not a you 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 have to search for the archive there yeah like so a lot of it i feel like might be based on uh, um hearing someone talk because I feel like Universe Soul Circus is based on something I'm sure there was a black traveling circus sometime in the 20s sometime in the 30s sometime maybe even earlier um, and I feel like someone's great grandfather someone's grandfather like was telling stories about it 
it's the decision to decolonize the circus. Fucking mm-hmm. Barnum and Bailey wanted to snatch every nigga and weirdo in their eyes up and make them a spectacle. Did no, you know that's what The Greatest Showman is about? What? The movie with um Zendaya. You know the movie with Zendaya and uh, uh, Hugh Jackman and it's like a musical. Um, I didn't know that was about P.T. Yeah, that was about P.T. Barnum. Um, did they the hero in that movie or did they tell the truth? They got Hugh Jackman. They got Wolverine playing. You think they're going to tell the truth? I know that, I mean, the thing about white men in that time is like they, they saw everything as like this kind of museum of oddities. Yeah. Like, including niggas. Like, uh, just... Uh, Especially... Uh, for sure. Especially. So the decolon, I'm like always fascinated by Universal Circus. I just, I've never went and I know you went. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Um, and, uh, and it was like, there would be commercials about it ever because it would be like seasons when it would come back. You ever like w- uh, watch a, a, a commercial back in the day and it would have the Ticketmaster info at the, at the end? Like, and I always knew, uh, and I think by the end, it was at Madison Square Garden. Like, um, because enough people were going to see it, but I'm just really interested in. And I'll tell you something about, before you, I don't want to cut you off. No, no, I was pretty much done. I was, I'm just waiting to hear your story about it. So, I'll, so I'll start at the end. So (laughs) I guess maybe this is probably about, uh three or four years ago my parents went to like one of the last ones um and they and they were so upset and I was just like well what they were like it was really tough because it was like in between every like just like how much they had to rely on advertisements so McDonald's became like a big sponsor of it right yeah I remember that and they were like, it was McDonald's shit everywhere. Like in between everything, like the clowns had like golden arches on their like outfits. Oh, it they was, were like, they had like the uniforms. It was like. <laughs> they just had McDonald's uniforms. It was, yeah. And they were like, it was really, like it was, it was sad. And I was like, damn. But it's just like, is that avoidable? I don't know. Well, because white organizations don't have, I've, I, here's my thing. I feel like every white organization is backed by bigger white organizations because there's only so many like conglomerates that are going to give you the money that you need to pull on, put on a production like that. Mm-hmm. So it's like HBO, Coca-Cola, mm-hmm. McDonald's, uh, uh, Viacom. Like it's, so, but I feel like with white organizations, they don't have to put the golden arch or golden arches like on on like the back of their shirt. Why yeah, like, yeah. like, does it mean to have an investment in a community to use the community as your walking, living, breathing commercial advertisement? I mean McDonald's that's been McDonald's whole like business model for the past twenty years. McDonald's does a lot of black shit. McDonald's be having them choir competitions. They put out a whole Mary J single. I won't forget. 365 Black. I know y'all want some french fries. We are committed. <laughs> you be committed with or without Black people. You've been committed since 1952. Okay. 
You didn't put, we didn't ask for it. Um, if you're committed to the black community, explain the hamburglar. Right. How he gets, he, what is he burgling? What is he burgling? Where He's not doing he? white collar crimes. Explain Grimace. Right. Because Grimace is pure blackface. I don't care. I don't care. Grimace is a well, minstrel character. It. There's no way around it. He don't wear clothes. He don't. And he barely be with them. He don't be with them. And what? Mm-hmm. He probably, I hope he got better shit to do. I, mean, I feel like he's um he's just at home. He's not he's like, I'm not gonna hang out in Burgerland. I got this heated blanket on over me. I'm watch Greenleaf. He's at home watching Greenleaf. He's not going with him. With a mug full of (laughs) crispy Sprite. He don't even eat McDonald's products no more. (laughs) He never did. He never did. That's why his skin's so clear. Right. To keep that purple complexion. Listen. He's maintaining. For (laughs) real. He legit is so black, he's purple. <laughs> like, it's actually... That's just enough poison. Because I'm all for collecting a check as well. So, yeah, so I I think that, like, there's so much that we just do as Black people because we... There's a lot of reasons. I think that one is like, we just have the, like at the top of it is just like, we have excellent ideas and it's so exciting when the ideas get executed, even the shit that we roast, you know what I'm saying? Like that shit is still exciting to, to, for somebody to make something that I hate and for somebody to be able to make something. Okay. My phone's not on silent either. You just reminded me. Cause that was, that was definitely going to happen to me in 20 minutes too. That's like, I'm dealing with too much technology because my FaceTime is connected to my computer. Do you you have, I feel like every house I go into now got an Alexis. Alexa? Alexa? No, Alexis is Kanye's Um, ex-fiance. I hope she's doing okay. I feel like she's thriving. I do. There was a show briefly on BET called Harlem. It was like called Harlem something. And it was about, like, she was in it and, like, some other people, um, they only had, like, a few episodes, but that was, like, a long time ago. Can we just get, like, a channel with all, where we consolidate all of the... Because I, I feel like Bravo is making... Bravo and VH1 have made way too much money off of Black people's real lives. Oh, yeah, for sure. They didn't deserve Flavor of Love. No, they didn't. And that's what confuses me, like, about the whole Viacom situation, because it's just like, okay, like, BET is part of Viacom, but y'all don't, like, where did Tyler Perry come into play when we had all of this other content? Well, Tyler Perry went straight to OWN, and who who owns OWN? This is a funny question. Because Tyler Perry has, like, eight shows. Oprah can't say shit about the black community. But also, (laughs) no, she can't. But also, like, I don't know, dog. I don't fucking know. Because he, like, and it's just, like, how you make, like, don't get excited. Like, don't hype yourself up about writing all that shit. If you're going to do all that, put the shit in one place. 
I feel like right. you you are spread too thin and you are spread too thin. And then also just slow down and just stop. Maybe like focus on like not, like that's not a flex. Like that's that's something that I think that um I'm gonna just say this right now. I'm very critical of of, of Generation X. I don't understand them. There's something, <laughs> there's there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect. And and I am willing to extend the olive branch. Um because I'm teachable. I'm teachable. Mm-hmm. I'm I don't know what happened to the men of that era once they turned 40. A cigar came out of nowhere. They 40. It's just 40 is like the point. They got them little hats. <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, it's like a can it's like a kangle. Wait, what? What little hat? There's different styles, but they all be small. You know, they all like get bald at like forty by choice, though. Is it Michael Jordan? Probably. That's their hero. That's their man's. That's their hero. I think that Michael Jordan is bald by choice. Being bald by choice is a whole other like. We don't see that that much anymore. No. Because niggas used to be twenty five. I would bald by choice. Ball by choice thing is Michael Jordan, Montel Williams. Montel Williams, who this photo came. Did you see? Okay. I saw it. I saw it, but the tweet on it was like, what? y'all forget that uh Kamala dated Montel. Who gonna remember that? How are we gonna remember? How will we even remember? How old are you, person writing this tweet? Is it Mont- Are you Montel Williams' writing? <laughs> Mont- Montel Williams' brother account? It's just Kamala's niece. She'd be riding for her mad hard. I like, so I tweeted to, to uh, I, 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 saw, I, I, I saw the photo, um, and it was a cursed image. Uh, and whenever I see a cursed image like that on my Instagram feed, usually on my Discover page, because my Discover page hates me. Like, is it Discover or Explore? The one that's on Instagram. Explore. Explore. I want to explore that. Um, and so I sent it to, to a friend of mine who's my age. Uh-huh. And a friend of mine who is uh, uh, technically would be a Gen Xer. And uh, as an experiment, as I do often. Um, uh, and this, it was the same comment. The same comment I put under under the message is what's going on? No punctuation, barely even a con- I don't even think there was an apostrophe after the what to the S. It's just straight up what's going on. Because that's how I felt. There was no, it was straight from photo to what's going on. Not even Marvin Gaye voice, just straight up me, what's going on. Um, so my friend who's my age, straight up just laughing tears emojis all across just knew what was up and then said, plays Mrs. Officer. Um, <laughs> and my friend who is above 40, okay. black, went to a slew, a HBCU, in case you know, um, put black history. Capital black, capital history. And I'm like, this isn't even. Wow, wow. This is it. Like, it'd be more Black history if it was like, this isn't Stacey Dads and Kanye dating. That's Black history. 
for better or worse. This is Montel. It's not even Montel Jordan. I did think it was Montel Jordan for like a split second and I bugged. Montel Jordan, Montel Jordan wouldn't even have fit in the frame of that picture. Montel Jordan is like eight feet tall. Montel Jordan is like Wizard Kelly from Proud Family. Like how do we, <laughs> wait, the, the length, once I found out Montel Jordan's actual height, I was like, how was he even photographed? Because. With a real wide lens. People had to bend their whole. The only nigga who could shoot him was Height Williams with that fisheye lens. Literally. You couldn't, sh- they couldn't make no videos to Montel. If Montel Jordan came back today, none of these rap video directors would be able to shoot. They'd be like, no. this no. This 5D no. is no. not cutting it. Montel Jordan is a living giant. Like uh, the people in, I think it was Kenya that had the giants. Like that uh-huh. is the He. He's real life Kazam. Real life. He's taller than Shaq. Is he taller than Shaq? I think he might be taller than Shaq. It's because he's not big like that. Like, he's like... He's a slender, like, straight up. Slam. Mm-hmm. Like, Yao Ming type of situation. That's wild. My tail is tall as fuck. I think this is how we. Him. This is how we do it has real tall nigga energy, too. Listen. Like, you feel 10 feet tall when that song comes on. I get it now. Wow. Gotta get your groove on before you go get paid. Thank God for LA rap though, because I know where I might get my ass beat. <laughs> but I feel like in New York, it's a little less. Niggas are always just like, don't come towards Marcy. I'm like, well, I'm not gonna go inside a building. <laughs> but you never tell me the side streets in which I could be jumped. And I feel like that's why when out of towners get to New York, one, all these, all these rap niggas, when they get to New York, they bring their gun. I'm like, you do not bring your gun to New York. No. You're going to go to jail. Um, and then they just think New York is just a fully walkable city. And then you end up in Brownsville. And all bets are off. But in yeah, LA... I think, people, I think that people um, think only associate a check-in with... Snoop? Yeah. Mm. Or like just straight up like gang culture, and I don't think that's fair. Cause you gotta check in with me too. <laughs> you, gotta, <laughs> you gotta check in with us. You gotta check in that's with us. Like, like I like I just feel like nationwide. Like I I think that, and I don't know like violent shit. Like oh, you gotta check in with the OG. But it's just like like if you're talking about like hip hop specifically, like the. Like, it matters. Like, it matters to know. Like, if you're in that world, like, it matters to know who's who, where you're going. It does. um, And I feel like... Because the the other thing, because I'm thinking about how, like, just, like, insert young rapper here and how everybody and their mama will be all up in arms where it's just like, you don't know who Biggie is. You can't say a Tupac verse and da 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 da. But it's yeah, like I could barely know. say a Tupac verse. <laughs> exactly. It's like, but and you I love Pac. Rapper in freaking Memphis right now. You don't know who's banging in Mobile, Alabama. You know what I'm saying? So also, it's just, it really goes both ways. Those same niggas who are saying uh, you can't say a Biggie verse, can't say a Project Pat verse to save their lives. 
Thank you. Like, uh, all right, say a Lady of Rage verse. Like, it's like, um, it, I think that's the thing about it where it's like hip hop, the beautiful thing about hip hop is that it is immortal. It is like just completely this really like fluid thing. And we've seen it over the past few years where it's like um, this big boom. It's this nonstop boom of, of creativity. It never ends. There's never like a point where it's like, that's why we move further and further away from calling the 90s like this golden era. Yeah. Because it's like, but look what's being done here. None, nothing cancels out, like none of it cancels each other out anymore. It just is what it is. Yeah. Like, which is why the fact that we are 40 years into this shit and niggas still don't put the respect on hip hop that they should when every K-pop, listen, the first time I heard BTS and I, and them niggas are just rappers. I didn't know that. I watch a BTS video. I'm like, wait a minute. What is the, this is, you're like B2K if it's all Lil' Fizz. And that, if you know how I feel about Lil' Fizz and just the legacy of the Scream tour, um, you know that's not an insult. The Scream Tour. Have you been to the Scream Tour? Yeah, I went to the first two. The very first two. So the first one that I went to had, B2K was actually the opener. B2K was an unknown at the time. The main acts were Lil Bow Wow, of course, mm-hmm. um, Lil Zane, and IMX. And I went, I also went to the Scream Tour reunion. You did? I did. How- and I know Lil Zane wasn't there because Lil Zane was not there. The man has quantum tunneled off the face of the planet. Like I feel like he, I feel like he's thriving in the multiverse right now. Was Lil Zane supposed to be like a like a pop protege? Like was he... they all had their shirts off? I mean, was I don't know. Give those vibes. I feel like it was. Cause what what years? I feel like Ja is already <laughs> popping when Lil Zane. I don't know. The little thing was like a like a like they were grouping him in with Pac. Other little. <laughs> Is him <it> Pac? Was <laughs> he? I wonder if he was ever on any of the Pac album, the the uh, the posthumous Pac albums. It's just all the shirtless niggas on one song. This is why they would never let me be an ant. I feel like if I was transported into uh, into Puff's body for one day, like a Freaky Friday situation, I would cause so much damage to the culture. And he would just ruin my life. So it's like, it kind of is like cancels. It's just like he would destroy my life. And I feel like I said this before, like I am comfortable now with certain shit just being not my business. Like it's just certain pop shit. That's not my fucking business. I didn't know that Thug Passion was a Tupac song until I was like in my late teens. That shit was a go-go song up until that point. I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't, and I didn't know it. Did, I didn't it have, know did it have pop vocals on it? Was it like a rendition of like the instrumental? No, it was Backyard Band doing that. Like the song was called Thug Passion. And it was a girl Oh, it was a different band. song. Okay. Not a, no, it wasn't a girl singing, but it was like, I heard it's the bomb, got it going on. 
I feel like somewhere there's a pop, there's like pop vocals mashed in in one in like some DC tape somewhere. Cause it has to be just that part. I've never heard Thung Pen. Like I, I'm gonna keep out of my like I love pop as a person. Um, uh, much like Nikki Giovanni <laughs> loves Pac as a person. Uh, yeah. And same, same, same. <laughs> Thug Life Tattoo, like, right here. Um, and, but, like, there aren't that many Pac songs that really, like, stick to my brain. Um, and I think the, which is why I'll never blame, I remember, the, do you remember the video of Yachty? And I think it was a, a, a um, I forgot his friend's name. He had to, the guy had to like change his uh, rap name. Um, and they were in the studio together and they put on a Hail Mary and they were like fake rocking to it. I'm like, nigga, I don't like Hail Mary. Of course, like he wouldn't like Hail That shit sounds- and also like, I feel like there was like a period of time or maybe this was his whole career, I have no idea. But like, it was like the, uh, and like people will like cover me because this is like you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But who who was his like crew? East, the East Siders? Who was his like? Yeah, the East Siders. Yeah, so it's like That's all of this. Right. Like you, I, you can listen to Hail Mary, but then it's just like all with of this, the Z at like, the end. like four people rapping at the end, trying to like this big. <laughs> and it's like, what is this about? Shout out to no, they want um, they want Hail Mary and they want to hit him up. But shout out to Hail Mary because wasn't Bokeem Woodbine in that video? Or yeah, that, he played I, that. I feel like he Bokeem Woodbine was one of He killed Pot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the music <laughs> video canon. Like, be sitting silently and then just be like, in a sea for my enemies. <laughs> That beat sounds like it was made. Um, it sounds like it was made in a graveyard, and then the stems uh, never went to the studio. Like it just wasn't. It's why I just don't blame. It's it's like we've come to a point where it's like I'm really just impressed with the fact that hip hop just keeps going. Like there was. I feel like it was last year where I didn't know everyone's names anymore. Because up until that point, I knew everyone's names. Last year was the point where I didn't know where like, there was like maybe like at least 10% of rappers where I'm like, I I don't know who that is. And last year I was distraught about it. But this year I'm like really happy about that. Because I, as like uh, someone in their late 20s, who's been listening to hip hop my whole life, been rapping since I was 12 years old. Um, I, I, there should be things that I don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of it. I just found out about, um, I was listening to a, a, a rap genius, you know, they have their like uh, cosign video mm-hmm. where it's like, let's give the cosign. And most of them are just really funny because they'll just have like Jada Kiss like uh, co-signing new New York rappers. I'm like, this isn't gonna go well. Like, but they had Zach Fox. Um, and I love Zach Fox and Zach Fox knew every song. And I found like three new rappers that I love. There's this nigga named Duke Deuce. Yes. He's from Memphis. <laughs> He's That's so good. For having the time. Hmm? Yeah, I have a, 
but I wouldn't have the time. I have to have the time in like short intervals like that. Yeah. It has to be fed to me now. Like, because I used to be adapting like, and just like. I also feel like out of necessity, like having to like divest from straight male rappers, like doesn't yeah. make it easier. Because I feel like um, uh, Young Thug's uh, Bless His Heart. Because. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love it. I mean, I do like, I, I like so vital to the game. And like, I just, I, I do like really like Thugger, but like the Jeffrey cover when he had the dress on mm-hmm. was such a red herring. He was wearing this dress. Everyone was like, oh, look, it's gender fluid. Like, no, he's not. The whole album is still him like saying bitch and hoe a thousand times and like killing niggas, which I have no problem with. I have no problem with light misogyny on wax like him. and killing niggas on wax, but like, don't make that into like a statement of like gender fluidity and like progression of like. Right, because he quickly it's like y'all are saying some shit that I didn't even. <laughs> like, no, because he could have simply been silent and let us enjoy the moment, but he did not. Did he endure? Did, did he? Um, what do you wait? What did he say? I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was like not you know what I'm saying like in line with like what people thought that the image meant he was like just because I wear a dress doesn't mean that I'm so I just remember when he was on the red carpet and he asked him about BLM he's like I'm getting money and then walked away and <laughs> we gotta do like a whole hip-hop episode too because I want to get deep into I have such because I feel like hip-hop is like this like big bang, this cosmic big bang of black art. Like they're truly it. Like when I listen to old music that's pre hip hop, I hear hip hop threads in it and I can't not do it. It's like everything is retconned through my gaze of hip hop. Like when I listen to James, when I listen to like, there's like at least black music, I'm all listening, I'm listening to it all and I can hear the threads. And it's not even this way where I'm like, okay, I know years later, this would be sampled. It feels like time is collapsed. And hip hop not only like sampled it or like remixed it, it brought that shit. It it brought it all together. I completely agree. Like I, I just view hip hop as a collage of like everything historically thus far in life you know what I'm saying like in the existence of existence and it just came out onto the canvas that was the Bronx at the time you know what I'm saying and just evolved and never stopped it never it never stopped and I feel like it's it's very similar to jazz in that sense of like there was no white interference yeah. Um, and it took white people so long. Like it's why like 99.9% of white rappers still can't get it right. When you have white jazz musicians, you have blue-eyed soul singers who they can't, they got as close as they could. Like we don't have really have a white rapper that's like Tina Mar- uh, like Tina Marie mm-hmm. or like Bobby Caldwell. 
or like um like Michael McDonald like we don't because like I feel like hip-hop is just this thing where it's like you were never able to catch it it's still moving and I think the difference might be like when you talk about like music like or okay for example like a genre like R&B like there's instrumentation there's sheet music you know what I'm saying there's notes Mm -hmm. there's there's a a theory you know to a degree of course you're gonna put like your your finesse on it but there's a theory to it to a degree like hip-hop is so organic that there's not you know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't like fit on a scale. It doesn't, right. you know, have have uh, chairs. Like it's it's so mm-hmm. within. Like it's so like mind, soul, and body, where you have to be of that to fully connect. And even when you are of that, like you don't even. It's like an effortless thing. Like you don't even realize it. I don't get how like, niggas teach freestyling. I don't know either, but like when you make that shit, when when you are, you know, an observer of that and you make that shit effortful, it's noticeable. Like it's still, it's, it, it could be good. You know what I'm saying? Like the shit's not gonna suck, but like it's still noticeable. Black art is like, like it's, it's I, I can't, you couldn't pay me. You could pay me. Cause I'm not going, I'm cause, cause I'll figure out a way if you pay me, but like, it's just really hard to kind of, like, I can't talk hip hop with white people. Like I've never been able to, but now more than that, cause I'm like, this is like an intangible thing. I never had the opportunity to. Well, so, <laughs> shout out to you. Okay, so, where were you when To Pimp a Butterfly dropped and every white person used that as like an entrance line? You you ever seen um uh, the meme of like the white dude at the pool? Yeah. Like that was every white person in 2015 trying to connect to me via uh, TPAB. And I'm like, you don't get that. You just, I'm not going to engage in conversations about this. Like, yeah, jazz and hip hop. And I'm like, Guru did that. Not to say that To Pimp a Butterfly isn't one of the greatest albums of all time. I truly do feel like it is. But if this is your intro to jazz and hip hop, I'm not going to talk to you about it. Unless you're black. Let me talk to you about it. But like, we have a real like generative conversation. But like, if you're so white. You say, so you, do you think that they, that, because it seems like they should have been talking to each other as well. But that's the thing about white people is like, they don't talk to each other the way they should. I don't want to hear how so white people talk about it. I really don't. So what was, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just interested to know, like, I mean, clearly you weren't, like, having, engaging in the conversation, so nothing came of them. But, like, wow. You want to know what the entrance, like, what, <laughs> what Sean Zay loves? Because uh, I've been thinking, well, I've been thinking about Kendrick Lamar a lot. Yeah. And I'm thinking about Kendrick Lamar a lot because I don't be wanting to hear Kendrick Lamar. Like, <laughs> I, okay, so I was listening to, damn. Were you listening to I Dan? I was listening to Thundercat. No, I was listening to okay. Thundercat, the drunk album. Yeah, great. And I, that's something that I always, like, let play. Yeah, it's And great. for some reason... On this particular day, and this has happened, I would say twice within maybe like the past two weeks. Um, 
because I love that album. Like I play it really frequently. I have skipped song. Like not only like skip the song, but like, ew, I don't want to hear you <laughs> right now. What's the what's the song? What's the song again? I can't think of the name of it right now, but it's like it comes on like later in the song. Okay. Um, um and it's just like and it's just like is it is it because he's a man <laughs> I he's don't also, know. oh walk on by okay yeah um he's not only a man but like kendrick's hotep energy has um it it, it has strengthened so much over the years and it's just like yeah. i can't the thing about and the 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 you told us not to say nigga whenever you tell me not to say nigga to say niggas. The the unfortunate part about you know all of this is that you know growing up mm-hmm. and having more experiences has put me in a position to realize um how just like different types of violence, right? Right. So whereas if I'm 14 listening to something, I'm not in tune with like how that is affecting women, how that is affecting people, how that is affecting communities. It's just like, he ain't talking to me. He ain't talking to me. It's like um, the Chris Rock bit where it's like, (laughs) dick in your ear, dick in your ear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just like, okay, but now that I know that, and it's just like, I have that responsibility. So it's just like, I can't enjoy the shit knowing that A, people really think like this, and that's violence. And B, it is. this is not fun, because it's violent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, I would rather hear actual, but I would rather hear like criminal violence. I would much rather, I know it's really fucked up, but I would much rather hear like actual, which is what I feel about. Most of my favorite rappers are either reckless and violent, but in like the like literal violent sense, Uh um, or women. Uh Um, and I think like my tolerance for like in male intellectual rap has gone down because it's like sometimes it's like really transparent that it's hotepery. Yeah. But sometimes I could just read between the lines. Like you didn't have to tell before this whole Twitter thing with Talib terrorizing that woman, that black woman. Yeah. I could catch the vibes. I know I what like about Talib for years. Like, then he hit his girlfriend at, like, 50 Cent party or some shit like that. Like, it's like, I'm... I'm Probably. It's, it's like, like... Even early on, like, the energy that I always got about him, it's just, like, you're talking shit about the very environment that you want to be in. And it's just, like, you want to be famous bad. You want to be right. famous really bad. And, and not with us. Not with black people. Right. And you ain't cute. And you can't dress. And you can't rap that good. But man, how you not be able to dress in your 20s? Okay. And your breath control is hard. You can't even look like you can, look at how the style was. And you still dusty. And it's just and like so. Best friend is most deaf, who's one of the most stylish 
men of all time. And that's the thing. And it's just like outside of Black Star, who are you? I mean, with return with eternal was it Ret- re- reflection reflection? Ret- What's wrong with him and high tech? Shout out to high tech, by the way. Eternal reflection. Yeah, high tech is cool. I like high tech. Um, but outside of that, like you need someone else. You can't stay in your own too because you're gonna say some bullshit. You probably fucked over Jean Grey. Like I know that for a fact. Um, I just want my people to be free, <laughs> and I want to. And part of wanting us to be free is just to realize it's just to truly like, like black art and blackness, which are one and the same. I think that's an thesis I want us to like bring about. Um, because like black art and blackness, they uh, we it's art every day, mm-hmm. um, and when we see it as something that is, it's cosmic. It 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 has a bigger influence than anything on the globe, other than evil forces, capitalism, imperialism. But as far as as far as soul affirming things go, I feel like what blackness has given. Uh, I don't I don't know if there's it's as close to a religion as you can get without it being a religion. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and what you said about like making it digestible, like I just feel like that is key. I think that like a lot of the information, like, unless you've read shit already, unless you heard it already, unless you have people to have these conversations with already, like, you know, there's really no entry point. For real, for real. And that's by design, because it's like, um, you have, like, like, I shouldn't have to go to, like, they should, I really do believe in not only making education free, but legitimately build in schools. No Dr. Umar. Like, <laughs> not like what Dr. Umar is <laughs> a school for witchcraft and wizardry. Um, <laughs> not talking <laughs> about that. Um, but because Black studies should be for the people. Mm-hmm. This is literally the studies of us. And it my, black, my black. black studies professor was white. That shit was weird. And it's it was it could have been way more damaging because this was a woman who I felt she taught other classes. Cause like, you know, so many um there's so many um what's the term when professors are uh um uh, in um in uh, adjunct adjunct professors. So she taught a lot of things and black studies is one of the things that she taught. And every week you could tell she was like uncomfortable because she was sticking to a syllabus of American black history, which is trauma. And she would legitimately be like, I'm sorry. But I have story, I've heard stories of black stud, white black studies professors who, who really thought that they were, they were congregating the Million Man March in their classrooms. Um, fished by a professor one time, I guess. <laughs> this was at SBA and it was like a, it was like a class. I can't even re- like remember the name of the class, but like the te- it was like 
Bell Hooks, Tony Morrison. I'm just like, oh my gosh, they have this at SBA, like sign me up. And the only picture of this professor was her, like you couldn't really see her hair. You could just see her face and her face was round. She had black features. She got, you got dozier. That shit was the craziest shit in the world. So you didn't I, know that till she came into the classroom? I didn't know that. I didn't, even when she was in the classroom, I'm like, wait a minute, is she? she yeah, the, the uh, church lady. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, is she white? And I was like, do I ask her? Like, because I, I didn't, I had never been in that situation before. And so, like, we, we're reading this, we're, like, going through, like, doing shit, we got to write responses, and I'm like, this is a white woman. And I'm like, I can't, like, I was so, I felt so betrayed, and then I was, like, uncomfortable, and then I was just like, well, shit, like, y'all are, like, reading my life right now, like, I can't, right. like, talk about this shit with y'all, like, it was weird. To the point where, like, I had stopped going. She had pulled me to the side, and she was just like, "I, I know that you can excel in this class." It's just like, "Bitch, Duh. I you, like, give me an A." Are you kidding me? Like, like I am the class. I'm the syllabus. You're teaching me. Exactly. That was the wildest shit. I got a B minus in that shit. She, she, she did not. <laughs> she did not fuck with me because I never went. I never went. Because that's trauma. It's legit, like, that shit. not only trauma, but trauma that you're paying for. That shit was terrifying. That shit was terrifying. I literally be trying not to think about it. Like, because it's just like, damn, like, that really... So, with, like, when the racial goes... Like, that shit is still, like, funny to me. But, like, it's just like, damn, that, that shit really... Ha- like, how it's been happening, it like, so frequently. Like, you know, recently, that shit happened to me. That shit happened to me. Like I had, like I can't even tell that story because that shit happened. And that should tell you something about like the fact that it's still happening, and people are making like these these women are and, and Sean King. Sean King still is a you know um, Sean King's a white man. I'm, he's a white man because I know white men who look like that. Like it's like because I feel like some people like don't know white men. I feel like being from New York. You see every type of person. No, I and I know black people who look like that too, but like. One of my homegirls was at Spelman when he was at Morehouse. She was like, that. he is white. But it should tell you something about like the social capital that you could receive off of being black. If you're not black, it's. It, it's none of us could choose to be white. It'd be funny if we could. <laughs> It'd be fun. you, you, I know I've already told you this, but uh, uh, white face is my is my uh, favorite form of visual art. I love white face. Remember when Nick Cannon was in white face? Oh, what? He was like, I think it was an Instagram post. <laughs> he was like, what if I was y'all? He was like, I'm putting out an album. So I have one of my great uncles. He is very, very, like almost to the point where you like would think that he has albinism like he's that like mm-hmm. and um my dad actually recently told me this story about how they it was like my great uncle I think my great aunt and I guess they're like dad like like very ancestral anyway they were going from somewhere to somewhere in North Carolina and they were hungry and so they had to stop and get food so they sent him in to get the food because you get the food I think that he was white and so he was scared, but he don't look white. Like he just 
looks like a very, very light black man. So he was like, he was ter- he was scared, he was shaking, but they gave him the food and then they went on their way. That's Lovecraft Country. That's a pile of Lovecraft Country right there. <laughs> right. It, it's like, so both things are weird to me because it's like, I don't want to talk about this on this podcast. Um, but I got to get this on my chest. Um, so <laughs> I, uh, this may seem surprising. I'm not a big fan of eugenics um, <laughs> and race science. I think it has a weird kind of like, there's a very, uh, it doesn't take long to like research the insidious roots of it. But I feel like this is the problem with Twitter is that everyone is so reactionary to a thing. And I remember when Homegirl, who was pretending to be Afro uh, Latinx, um, this was a few months ago, and she's actually a teacher at UW at a University of Wisconsin. Um, and there were these people, there's so many people, and there's this discourse, and it was the wrong discourse. Because the discourse should be, we gotta stop letting these white motherfuckers get away with this. But it became, let's gatekeep blackness. If you like do not pass this paper bag test, you shouldn't be allowed in this. And I'm like, everybody got an auntie that doesn't pass it. Okay, I just, nobody, nobody, knows, nobody knows their lineage. No one knows their lineage. Um, if you're light, if you're light, bright skin, because of, I mean, any reason, like it doesn't matter if your gram, if your grandma like chose to to marry a, a white man, but mm-hmm. we know. Seven times out of ten, if you are lighter than me and black, there was some, there was a, a intrusion going on in your mm-hmm. bloodline. I got an uncle that looks just like Tom Hanks, um, but also that's the flip side because Tom Hanks is a secret black man. So like, we're not gonna get into that. <laughs> he looks just like Tom Hanks. Like, if he could act, I would legit make a movie. I would legit like recreate Tom Hanks films. Um, and just put him in there. I would do Castaway. You can rewind with your uncle. <laughs> I would do Castaway, but like at like Jacob Reese Beach. Like, <laughs> I would do like, I would do, <laughs> I would do Bridge of Spies. I would do, I would, I would do all of them. I would do uh, Captain Phillips. Um, and, but like, it's like when you step in, there were so many conversations about eugenics. And I'm like, this is not, the way we should go, it's like you want to blood test every black person for to get into a room, like it, this is not liberation. Because, and that's and that's the other issue where it's just like you, like I don't know, like I don't know, I don't know how it feels to have to claim or reclaim or discover you know, like an identity that you like just present as in the world. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I think that that's the case with a lot of people who have had to like shift or change or assimilate um, just like due to their upbringing. I didn't have that. I didn't have, I, I wasn't in, the, in, in a space where I needed to do that. I never was growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how that feels, but it is kind of interesting, like seeing people like make discoveries and want to like 
dive into blackness and then like make decisions <laughs> while the rest of us have already been here. We've been here. We and it goes back to last week. That should stop referencing like podcasts we did, but it goes back to something we were talking. We were talking about where it's like you jumped in, you didn't do the research. It don't take long to read a, to 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 read about the history of passing in this country, or to look at some of our heroes who. Malcolm X had red hair. This was a redhead. Um, and it wasn't because, it was because of the rape in his lineage. And it's like, would you check Malcolm X today? Cause he didn't pa- pass the paper. Like there's one thing to talk about light skin privilege. Cause that's the realest shit in the world. And Zendaya keeps getting cast as every role, her and Amanda Steinberg. And like, there's something wrong with that. Um, so we could talk about that all day and that's a necessary thing to talk about. But when we're bringing in eugenics, when we're bringing in race science, what does it do? It doesn't, you're, you're walking around with this thesis in your head and like you're projecting it onto other black people. It's just not healthy. I just feel like there's so many things that are not healthy and I don't know how to, and when people talk about, I want to know your feelings about, uh, uh, I swear we'll go back on course in a second, but I want to know your feelings about like open dialogue. Because I, I because, because it's like, you know, sometimes I don't want to talk to these people. When you said that, I thought about like that little Charles Barkley movie was like, we have to have a conversation. I don't want to have no conversations with Charles Barkley. Um, and I love Charles Barkley. I'm like, as far as what? I mean, I, I feel like at this what point, especially, especially like, you know, in hashtag times like these, you have to, it is imperative for us to protect our energy and to preserve. And I think that as, as people that have experienced as people that have had conversations as people that, you know, are invested into learning and deepening our knowledge of everything. Um, I think that we are able to, like, I wouldn't be so invested in learning if I wasn't able to spot shit and be like, nah, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not making us, that's not making an assumption. That's making a choice. That's, that's protecting my peace. That's like listening to here and also listening to, the people who raised us. Yeah. Like, I'm like, if my mama would engage in this conversation or would tell me not to engage in this conversation, I'm gonna listen to that voice in my head and then I'm gonna make my own decision if I'm a fallback or not. But nine times out of 10, the times where I haven't fallen back and I've taken the bait, I'm left with bruises. Mm-hmm. Or I felt like a dummy. Yep. I was talking to one of um another one of my close friends um who also identifies as uh gender non-binary and uh that's how using identifies as that shit sounds so patronizing who is gender non-binary and 
and they were talking and we were talking about like having these conversations with people who like are intolerant to certain things and i'm like yo if you feel this way about um about human rights on a basic level because of the way i was raised like i didn't just learn about giving people rights like my mom is shout out to my mom she'll end up on a podcast eventually this is not a radio show um uh she this is this is a christian woman we grew up in the church she was a sunday school she was a sunday school teacher from the time she was 20 um and this is a woman who never like would judge someone based on who they are she would never wish damnation on someone or decide damnation and we, there's so many people of different backgrounds, different religions, but I see this a lot of Christianity um, of like deciding for God, uh, someone else's damnation. Yeah. And mom, like it's, it's like, if you are making your choices, if you're making your like voting choices, if you're making your, uh, uh, the, the choices of like, who you believe as a victim and who you don't believe as a victim based on uh, uh, who selective human rights that you're giving out. I don't feel like I'm the one to have the conversation with you because I feel like where I'm at and maybe in 10 years and five years, I'll grow and I'll realize more about the human psyche, but I feel like that's an impenetrable thing. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not. That might be unfair for me to say because in five years I might feel a different type of way about white people as well. But my void, but even then it's like, like I have cousins who I'm like really bad at like, I've discovered something about my Aquarius son self where it's like, I really will ghost a nigga without like, uh, with no um, unprovoked because like I have cousins that I grew up with, that I've made music with like that I like looked up to and whenever I go on Facebook now there's some what like I have a cousin who probably doesn't listen to podcasts um and they were talking about when Meg got shot and they were like I'd believe it more if it was Jill Scott or Erica Badu oh my god and there was posting the Tory Lanez video and I'm like I've made music with you you have a daughter like I'm just, and like, I made that choice where I'm like, I'm not gonna talk, like, I, I don't think we, and we had just been on the phone a few months before that talking about music. And I looked at that status and I'm like, I can't, I can't, I felt like I, this goes against everything that I believe that I feel, it goes against my moral code, it goes against the tears that I've shed mm-hmm. for Meg. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just not gonna, I can't engage in conversations with you. Mm-hmm. Because like, how can you believe that with your whole chest? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if that makes me naive or if that's just like a good kind of like practice or boundaries. But when it comes to that part of like, we need to have an open discussion and I'm like, all right, well, certain things we can definitely have an open discussion with. Like, I feel like if someone I know is attached to capitalism, I feel like I could have a discussion with you about dismantling capitalism, yeah. for sure. Like, we could have that discussion. Um, but if you don't believe trans people should have rights, I don't, 
not a discussion. That's not a discussion. That's not a discussion. I uh, had the unfortunate privilege of um, going to class on Tuesday and hearing people overly optimistic about the election results. And uh, <laughs> wait, which Tuesday? That Tuesday? <laughs> the Tuesday after the after oh, the okay, 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 okay. But you know, the Saturday, and then I had class on that Tuesday. It was a Saturday. Man, um, <laughs> more on that. But yeah, it was. Um, and it's just like it's 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 really. I don't know if this is like a a uh, defense mechanism or like a protection thing where I will literally like wake up for class on Tuesdays and make predictions like based on like what's going on in the world. I was like, okay, we're going to do our little check-ins. I know that they're going to be wanting to talk about this or they're not going to talk about whatever else is like important. So we talk about the election. Of course, I'm listening. I go last. I've heard about this one's racist mama and this one's this and that. And it's just like, it's such an interesting thing to me to observe because A, I'll never be in that situation and B... I'll never be in that situation. <laughs> so... And what's the B? I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel very passionate about the racist parent part. I'm always just like, well, that sucks for you. Like, and it's, and it's, and it's a thing of, and B, just like B, where it's just like, I'm, I'm sitting here like, look like very much so like in observation mode. So having to say like, we just had a president and a vice presidential candidate mention black women explicitly. That's brand new in this country. These conversations that we're having about equity, those are brand new in this country. I don't have a thing where it's just like, oh, okay, like I'm gonna talk it out. Especially since most of the people in my family are grown as fuck. Mm -hmm. So I know that as a therapist in training, if I had a a client with, you know, like issues around those things or like differing views for lack of a better term, like I'm gonna handle that 100% differently. But if you're in my cipher, like if you're in my atmosphere and you come over here bullshit. Right. Clip, clip, snip, snip. Like I don't get. Like I don't. I don't. And I don't, I'm not gonna feel no way. Because I don't. Because I it's, no it's something where it's like. And also, people are allowed to have. I feel like the people who are like so optimistic and was so just like overjoyed and were like, "Yes, fascism is over." Like. And wouldn't allow for anyone else to have a nuanced opinion about it. Because I don't, I'm not one of those lesser of two evil people where I'm like comparing Biden and Trump as like, oh, she ain't gonna change. I'm like, at very least, the only thing I'm really excited about with Biden winning and hopefully making it to inauguration day is that COVID, this COVID shit, we gonna be done with it way quicker. And that alone gives me. Yeah. And that's good. Yeah. But like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, racism is over. Like, what I was done with niggas when they were like, Trump is the most racist president. I'm like, did Andrew Jackson just fucking vanish out of history, bro? Like, it's like the man who like created the Trail of Tears. 
Like these presidents had actual slaves. Trump is bad, but I feel like whenever a neoliberal person, white person is like, yeah, Trump is the worst president. I'm like, whose history are you trying to cover up for? And there's the other thing where it's like, I try not to talk. The thing of like not having to know history, like not having to, like, if this is never, if this is something that never affected you, like you got to wait till it's this close in your face. You know what I'm saying? And it's never been that close in their face before up until now. Yeah. Which is crazy. Of course. Right. Which is the wildest shit. So of course, like, yeah, that's what you're going to say because nothing you have never had to question up until now. Up and until you still really have to question? Is- that's the other thing about it is that like my whole ideology about white people is that in the day white people still going to be white people. You know, yeah. it's like white people are still going to be white people. Like, I'm not saying that you're safe from the grips of fascism because if this country flips and becomes fully fascist and like Trump is like, I, right, I'm going to just send niggas to everyone's house with machetes, Rwanda style. Yeah, white people are going to die. It's going to be bad. But like the social capital that white people have, that shit is like an evil spell. It's not going to go away. Trump isn't taking that away. He can't. He couldn't if he wanted to. No. And when you get to be white, like I, like I can't even say that. Trade in places. <laughs> like I can't even. Like I don't have any expectation for them not to make the choice to be just that. Like imagine if you could choose. It's just like take this you know what I'm saying like take this pill and all your troubles will go away it's just like you can literally like I don't get you can be the most anti-racist anti-this anti-that but like when it comes down to it like you get to pick that like you get to like your privilege allows you to pick the size that's sunshine and roses and it's just like you should probably do that because you're not gonna help like I mean (laughs) How far are you gonna go helping me? Like, like, yeah, like, go. I don't expect you not to. And it's like, (laughs) I've really been thinking about this for a while about like, like, just like what, and you can probably speak to this more than I can because I'm like a a college dropout. Um, But it's like, what black artists have to go through when they go to art school Mm. and just like that first semester alone of like really seeing the dichotomy and like seeing like who's already like active who's working who's like favorite like it's like and just like I feel like the fact that there's no I have a problem with the HBCU complex um, but the fact that there's been no HBCU that isn't specifically an art school yeah. kind of doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Like there's no film program at um, a few of these HBCUs. And I'm like, why not? And like, from what I know, like it's improving, but like only just now, you know what I'm saying? Like only just recently, like I graduated from high school in 
2006, and my dad would take me to the HBCU college fairs because that's what he was supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? And I would ask them about art, and they would be like, uh, we have a computer lab. Like, we like can't. And it's just like, my so my dad went to Morehouse and got a degree in art. He took all of his art classes at Spelman, and like his friends would be like, oh, you get to draw naked people? Like, oh, like what you doing? And it's just like, who does that? Like who goes to Morehouse and majors in art? Like who does that? Like no one does that. Um, you go like, to Morehouse who- to be a professional capitalist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know crazy? All HBCUs are like business schools in the sky. <laughs> Low key. <laughs> it's really funny. It's actually really like, like I don't know if I have like, um, if I'm dark skinned enough to make the the HBCU satire film that I want to make, like because Spike kind of did it, but like he still loved it too much. Right. School days isn't really school days is like a misguided takedown because he was like, I still love this shit. Yeah. Like I still prospered here, but I want to make the takedown of just like HBCUs are just like their business schools. Like it's really weird. It is weird, and it's weird, and it's, so, like, I look back on it, and it's just, like, and I really grappled with this, because, it's like, the way that I thought about it then, like, the way that I thought about it at 17 is very different from the way that I think about it now. I, I did not see the value in it for myself, because, A, like, this is not reflecting, like, where I want to go in life, and also, like, Fried Chicken Wednesdays, I didn't understand that. Now I feel like maybe that was a little bit anti-black of me. Wait, to- <laughs> fried chicken Wednesday? <laughs> yeah, they would have like they would just be like days where they would be like we in the cab it's fried chicken Wednesdays or whatever. Like I, I don't know, like I didn't know back then. I still don't know now because I never went. Mm-hmm. But it would just be it was it was like it was like a it almost felt like it almost felt comical then. Like, because my life was my life. But then I started to realize and understand that these institutions are so necessary because there's so many Black people that don't grow up around Black people. Mm-hmm. And I never really understood how that happened. It, it definitely, like, is a product of capitalism. Exactly. Like I did, but I didn't get it. Cause I'm like, I don't like you gotta like, you not like I grew up in PG County. And so it's just like, I know shit outside of this. Like I've been places, like I've traveled, like I under, but to really like hammer that point home, because it's like, when I go places, it's just like, I'm going where I'm going. Like I'm, it's not like I'm like talking to people my age and like having an understanding of like, how their life is. You have like a, you don't have like a revelation every time like you step Exactly. Back. So it's just like, okay, like we're here. We're in this place now. We're in this place now. Like I'm not thinking about like I'm not thinking about those things. Yeah. Cuz I just didn't have like I mean, what? Like why? But now could because I, you know, developed into an intellectual, I think about the shit. And yeah. it's just like, wow, that is. That is that is something that is a real experience and that is a necessary experience. And that is, um, but also like to be able to have access to that, like as a level of, like, it's, it's like a mind fuck really. 
Cause it's just like, these are, these schools aren't cheap. These schools aren't free. They're private institutions. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a friend that went to Hampton um, and they're from the Bronx. I got from the Bronx. And that was kind of the observation they had when they went there. They were like, I see what this is doing for other people. I'm fucking bored here because I have black friends back home and they were like, in my, they were like, in my sophomore year, I realized, oh, this is a lot of people's like movie protagonist arc of like finding their blackness. And I'm like, I could, when I go home in the summer, like it's still like, it don't change. It's, it's yeah. like my mom, it's unfair to blame the parents of black people for deciding to move to a place with no black people. But at the same time, my mom made a conscious decision. Um, we talk about it all the time because a lot, a lot, most of my family, we, we like my grandma came from the Virgin Islands uh, uh, to New York, to Harlem to raise her children. And a lot of those children, when they grew up, they dipped, they went elsewhere to find jobs or because they didn't want to be in New York anymore. My mom made the conscious decision to raise a child in New York. And when she talks about it, she says, I wanted my kid to be around all different types of people. Like there is an intelligence that you get by being around not only your own people, but seeing different people every day. It's invaluable. And there's pros and cons to that, to growing up in New York City, but it's like, that made me what I am. Yeah. Yeah. And And my mom knew that. For sure. And just like thinking about, and so like I had, I literally like, this was very recently when I had this revelation because um, at my, so like when my dad went, like he got his, my uncle was there like before him. He didn't want to go to Morehouse initially because he didn't want to like, you know, like be the little bro. He wanted to go to Morgan. He ended up going to Morehouse because he got a full ride. Um, This is like, you know, before FAFSA, before all of this. So it was just like, it was, there was, there was money there. There was money to be given out to mm-hmm. people that needed it and my dad needed it. And so he mm-hmm. had a full ride all four years. Um, fast forward to last year at um, my little cousin's graduation, I'm looking like at the screen and there was like the valedictorian, I think it was like co-valedictorians. And this is like really what like drove the point home of like, okay, like this shit is necessary. Like we need these shits because the valedictorian of their class had this story of how he grew up in a predominantly white area, knew that he wanted to go to an HBCU, got this invaluable experience at Morehouse, wouldn't trade it for the world, I, I. And it's just like, damn, like you needed this. I don't know where else you would have got it because clearly you're going to corporate America, look at you, you're the valedictorian of fucking. <laughs> I don't think that anybody should work that hard in college. I don't think that's what it's for. <laughs> I don't, but... I really don't think <laughs> I like the whole valedictorian complex is like it's laughable to me, but like I have to check myself because I'm like, I mean, this shit means something to somebody. It does. But I'm living an '80s slacker movie right now. I just like, I'm, just like <laughs> I'm like, my mama did what she loved, and she wasn't valedictorian. She was just like doing good in school, and she loved 
She was a liberal, she was in a liberal arts college. She loved her electives and she like did the shit she wanted to do. So I, ne- I never grew up in a family where it was like, you need to get A pluses across the board. And my mom was like, do the best you can. And then you land into something you love. And, but that's not, I gotta, I, I'm getting to a place where I'm realizing that not everyone's life is my life. And also, like, I always had the mentality, which is developed. It was not taught. Like, I just developed this shit on my own because I was just like, mm, it's better things to do. Grades don't. And also, I went to Montessori school in elementary, so maybe that is a contributing factor. No, but like, you getting a good grade doesn't mean that you learned. That just means that you was good at taking a test. That just means that you was good at this class at doing school. That doesn't mean that you learn. That doesn't mean that you got something out of it. You got a grade out of it. Like th- these, like these two things aren't linked. Just like all of this, like pressure, like the standardized testing, which has to be completely dismantled because it's just it's extremely unfair. It's horrible. Extremely unfair. Biased, so- racist, the whole nine. Like, Time consuming. Right. Time consuming. We could be learning real, like in junior high. And in high school, there would be a whole hour-long chunk when it would come time for regents, where we would just do regents prep. And I'm like, and this that's better to be done here. I got here and learned that people had to, like, I had never, so we had, in my high school, we had um, high school assessment, which was, we didn't need it to graduate. Well, I was the last class, actually, that didn't need it to graduate, which I don't know if any of us would have made it out if we did. <laughs> to the state of Maryland, they wanted to make sure that we were all learning the same thing. So I'm sitting in my classroom at Suitland High School. I'm not going to know what the fuck anybody knows in fucking Annapolis or Baltimore or Gaithersburg. Like, we're just not, like, we shouldn't be needing to, we don't need the same shit. Right. So we sh- right. we're not going to know the same shit. Right. And it's, and, and uh, what type of society is that? Exactly. So it's just like, and and when you think about what the assessment is based on, <laughs> you're setting us up to lose. One of my, uh, when I worked at Redacted, um, <laughs> what, <laughs> getting better at this, um, one of my managers there, who's a black man, um, tells a story about standardized tests. Um, and he talks about how in, I think it was an English exam. I don't even think it was like an American history exam or something. It's an English, English exam. And one of the questions was, what is Ameri- America's pie? Mm-hmm. And like pie, like the pie, like the dessert, like what is America's preferred pie what is the pie that represents and the answers were the question the the the, the, um the answers the four like um options were apple pie cherry pie key lime pie i'm riffing on those last two um and uh sweet potato pie or like pumpkin pie sweet potato pie Mm -hmm. and he was like I got that question wrong because in my household and in my America, it's sweet potato pie. And like, of course the answer is apple pie. Right. But like, I think that he was like in sixth grade. Yeah. 
There's no. What type of question is that in the first place? That's a dumb question. And then it's also racist. On top. Like it's those type of things that are just like really like that whole metric. It's weird. Okay, so I have a question. Um, <laughs> I, have, I have a question. Um, if you were to create a black art school, um, and I want to say like I I, I was going to like be like let's go from like 6th grade to like high school but I'm like if you were to create like a a black arts college what would be like what are like the main tenets and like classes and syllabi not syllabi that's a bit too much but classes and like courses and pathways that you would like ideally want in it Wow, okay. So, history of social dance. There's a lot of history in my, in my, in, in my uh, course catalog, I think. History of social dance, starting, you know, on the continent mm -hmm. to present. Um, I would do, um, I would do a class in like, I think like a specific, like I would want to do like classes, like breaking down like specific um, art movements, but like highlighting like the black artists, like in like that made art, like in those movements, like visual art specifically, because we never know. Um, black people are so underrepresented in visual arts courses. Terrifying. Yeah. And it's so fucked up. It's just fucked up. Like, it's just like, I, I get emotional thinking about it because it's just like, I, I dream of a world where we can just go to school and learn and not have to fucking learn after the class. Right. Where it's like, not have to like, beg for additional, you know, resources to find ourselves in the material where it's there already. Like it's, it's there on day one. Like right. that is, that, that is a dream. Like that is. And it shouldn't be a dream. No. Because niggas are paying for it. It's like. It shouldn't. It hey. should I shouldn't have to speak up and be like, yo, like this is a white male western perspective where am i in this where am i and then there's a whole like staff meeting with the dean and then they add a new like professor but that's about it and they're like change is gradual we're working towards it and by that time you already graduated like the way everybody woke up in 2020 and was like Oh shit! Diversity, equity, inclusion. Um, uh, uh, get, get on. Let's, let's get on the phone. They're scrambling. It's like Jay Jonah Jameson's office. They were like, "I want photos of Spider Man. I want photos of diversity. <laughs> Papers everywhere." It, it is. I'm happy, like for the next generation, but it's just like this has taken so 
fucking long. And it took y'all to see black people getting killed right in front of y'all face. The 15 time though, because like body cameras right. for a minute now. Um, I think we, we did see Trayvon like we 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 saw Trayvon get killed. We saw my we we saw this happen before, and like white people don't get a pass. It's just like white people don't get a pass. This is damn near a decade at this point. Like Mike Brown was what 2014. Trayvon was 2012. <sighs> Come on, dog. Like it's it and and it's like it's so. I mean, like to answer your question, like a few. <laughs> minutes back like what what it was like to be a black person at our school isolating as fuck Mm -hmm. isolating as fuck and it's still i'm in grad school now and it still is and it's just like i am and i and i i have to first of all thank god i have one black professor shout out to her um like Yeah. yeah Um, and also lifesavers like the one or two you have and that shows how much of a disparity that is and it's still shout out to them but it's like those one or two will make the semester worth it and that's the thing and it's and so it's just like all of my other professors I mean they're very like you know accessible and like willing to like talk and definitely listen but it's just like damn like the bar is on the ground where I gotta give y'all credit for that like, where I have to, like, like, do I feel good about that? Or do I feel good because, like, this is what I'm getting? Right. Because I know that it could be, like, less, but also, like... It, it should sh- be more. It should be way more. And the amount of apologies, like, I have, like, I don't know, like, maybe, like, like three weeks left in this semester, my first semester, and um, the amount of apologies I've received <laughs> from students and faculty just about various things. It's just like, I need, I need some money back. I need some money back. Right. I need some money back. Um, and that goes to like the whole like thing of like, on like not knowing what it's like to like step into an institution and get your money's worth mm-hmm. like white people will really step into an institution white students will step into an institution and be like i got all of it i got everything i needed mm-hmm. i had professors that changed my life shout out to this one and this one and these ones and that one and and i found my tribe two weeks in and it's like it's set up for you. Like, I want to be like, it's set up for you to, I just want to shake them and be like, yeah, because it's for you. But even that, like, even that, like, even, like, taking both of your hands and, like, opening their eyes, like, bird box is work. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's <laughs> at every level of this shit is fucking work. Right. It's like, and also, like, to that point, even if they don't get everything they were supposed to get, or even if they don't get everything they really needed, they're still going to graduate. They're still going to get a job. They're still going to make more money and do more shit because it's set up like that. And have more comeback. Like, it's like you look at. 
when I'm when I'm like really high, I, I uh, yes. go down Wikipedia holes, and a lot of them involve like uh, time out because uh-huh. Wikipedia and the way that they be begging with them banners. How I mean, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. I get it because we we want to burn it down. You know what I'm saying? We do not want to align with corporations. We do not, you know, want to participate in this capitalist system any longer. I understand. But Wikipedia, you going to ask me, a civilian. You know I've been getting on this motherfucker since I was, what, 10, 11 years old. You going to ask me, a civilian, for 275 Come on, oh, uh, 98% of our readers don't uh, give. It's just like, well, perhaps you should find some readers that do. It, as it, as much energy as you took putting this banner ad begging me for 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 money, call Target, call Target because I swear I won't mind. I swear I will not mind. Get a billionaire on the. Are you really like denying the billionaire? You you hear the billionaire's voicemail and you're like, Nah, I'm good. I'm gonna ask. You won't ask me. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out how smart a manta ray is. Let me let me rock. Okay. I need to know. Little Richard's like catalog, like, like I just want to know more about like biodiversity. Like, let me rock. Um, I know that I just finished watching all five seasons of One on One. Yes, I'm doing research on Flex Alexander. Um, in peace, I would like to. Have you watched Michael? Yes. <laughs> I want to learn more about it because that shit is like such a fucking fever dream. Like I just Google that like every so often to make sure that like I wasn't the only. And it happened oh. like some like uh, Shazam shit. <laughs> Was Sinbad exactly. in that movie? <laughs> exactly. I've never seen. There's two things why I need to like uh, uh, that I'm trying to like dig through the archives. Like it's the Library of Alexandria. Um, the first one is. I need to see that Flex Michael uh, Michael Jackson movie. I need to see it. I need to when see I all of it. Literally, like, I never saw an advertisement. I never saw shit about That's it. I real I I've, we've all only seen that one screenshot of, like, him. I've seen it. No, I've seen, seen him move. You've seen the whole I've thing? I've seen it. I swear on everything. I will never forget this shit. I was sitting in my, because my parents had a cable box in their room. I didn't have no TV or nothing in my room. So I'm sitting in my parents' room on their bed watching cable. Uh-huh. I'm flipping channels. I see like a, a ghoulish fucking. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Wait, you went, it's, you flipped I, and it went to the iconic. I saw shit on accident. I saw the shit on accident. This is like the black cable box where you had to switch A side to B side. Like, this is not, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this right. is it. Right. And I was like, what? I remember I called my homegirl. I was like, do you, do you see this? And we swore for so long that we were the only people that saw I think this was in like two, like it couldn't have been when like, it was like 2000, like 2002 maybe? 2004. 2004, yep. Does he moonwalk in the movie? Yeah, he pl- he's in a tree in the movie. It's and an, it's a whole portrayal. But like watching one on one, they have mad Michael Jackson jokes. So I'm like, is this a was this like a passion project? Is this a joke? Is I it- think it's like um, uh, if you look at Jamie Foxx show, uh, mm. Jamie used to bring out his Ray impression a lot. Mm. Worked better. Worked a bit better for Jamie. <laughs> 
right? Like, okay, like we can make the connection. But the way, I mean, it was the makeup. Because if it, like, don't you know how, like, in a theater performance, like, something, like, the shit is just going, you know what I'm saying? You're just going to be who you are on the stage. Like, he could have just did that. He got one with him in the umbrella. It is. He got the umbrella. And it's just, like, to do that. But then also, like, the fact that it happened, Michael Jackson was still alive also. Michael Jackson was living. (laughs) His Virgo ass would have hated that shit. He was very much so living. Was this during the case? No, this was after the case. It had to have been. But it wasn't that far after the case. But this was like around the time, like with Blanket on the Balcony. Yeah. Because I feel like that was in the movie. That was very recent at that point because I definitely remember I was probably at least 11. Because I remember it was on the Daily News and it was just blanket on the balcony. I'm like, there's a war in Iraq going on. Why? I don't need to see this. And I feel Michael on that. Michael's, you want to see my fucking baby? You want to <laughs> you see my child? I feel like every day Michael would like wake up and be like, I gave you niggas He he made choices. He did. He made choices. But also, like, if, you know, what we know or, you know, what we found out is true, and if he was, like, that heavily medicated at that time also. Was him and Prince were both on fentanyl, or was it a different thing than Michael was on? Um, (laughs) and I'm, I'm only laughing because Nicki Minaj had a had a bar because she was like she was like killing niggas something she she mentioned the drug and then she mentioned the doctor but now I can't even it's not I'm not gonna Google um, but it was something else it was something was it like when Kanye said like MJ's doctor you killing <laughs> Was that wait or was that Nikki? That was Nikki, like MJ's doctor. You killing me? And but she said something after that. Okay. <laughs> it was, was it the same verse? Like that was on the flawless remix. Yes, it was. You know what I love about Nikki? She'll get messy on any one song. She really yeah. doesn't care. She will. And they'll let her. Propofol. Yeah. This is a wild. This is a they killing me. Prof of all, I know they hope I fall. Then he she rhymes prof of all with protocol, and then throw the ball. Like honestly, Nikki is a goat though. Like I really no, feel she it. is. She is, and anyone that denies that is just oh my gosh, yo, this burst though. He want monster Nikki in Sri Lanka. I told him meet me at the Trump. Man, throw that ass back. I'll be on my frisbee. Oh, 
Diamonds on my dizzy. Listen, like that's black art right there. I would have like Nikki teach Okay, so <laughs> wait. Right. Exactly. Okay, so Wikipedia. All right. <laughs> that Wikipedia banner really is something else. I always just roll my eyes and keep going. I dead ass was on Wikipedia yesterday. It was like, we haven't asked recently, but like, girl, you a lie. They have. They ask every time. Ask every time. And I was like, I was, um. Don't you get tired of this? No. White people love asking niggas for money. Like, you gonna ask me, of all people. There's nothing that rich folk love more. I'm like, I know you, you got go my downtown and slumming in with the poor. So going back to like the thing about when like white people like leave um like Titch or when they leave Titch especially, I think being a filmmaker, I'm constantly haunted by the ghost of Titch at NYU because I'm just like, oh, dude, this is like resources on tap. Mm-hmm. Like you you open the faucet and you get resources. And there's such a disparity between who can get the resources and who can't. And it's why every so often I'm just like, I should just be a fucking rapper. Because it's like, it's just so comfortable and it's it's just so like DIY and it's fun. And you can make something fun just by me. And you could have fun making something fun and you don't have to deal with the rooms that might be toxic. Or if they're different toxic rooms, it's like with Drake in the corner and it's like, I could deal with that. but like I was like researching this, it's like, um, well, okay, so um, a few things. So the dudes who directed the Avengers movies, uh, the two new ones that made like a billion dollars each, mm. the only other credits that they have is they directed episodes of that TV show Community. What? So they went from, and they were good. They Okay, so in their defense, it, they are good episodes of Community. I don't know if you watched Community before, but he did um, the paintball episode. I was going to say, like, I'm, like, thinking of, like, when I'm thinking about, like, good episodes, like, the paintball episode was magnificent. They did the pilot. They did a lot of the action-oriented episodes. Okay. Um, but, like, the fact that, like, someone, an executive could be, like, them. I want them. That only happens with white people. Like, it really only, ha- only happens to white people. And then, like, um, me and Rushi have been watching um, New Girl, re-watching New Girl, because I've seen the shit at least 18 times. Um, and one of the executive producers is Jake Kasdan. And Jake Kasdan is the son of uh, the screenwriter of uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi and a lot of other movies. Um, and I looked up Jake Kasdan's um, Wikipedia, like discography, catalog, whatever. And this man directed uh, quite a few flops, movies no one's ever heard of. Then he did, uh, 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 he did Bad Teacher uh, with Cameron Diaz. And then he did, he did like, he just did a bunch of forgettable movies. And then he did, um, and then he went around, stumbled around and did uh, the Jumanji uh, reboot with The Rock. That shit was better than I thought it was gonna be. He just stumbled into a franchise. <laughs> it's it's like not that bad. It's like, like it is not that bad. But white people could just trip and fall into success. Not even wet. 
and be allowed to like fail, yeah. fail again. Black people can't fail four times in a row. No, Mm-mm. no, because so the first level is going into debt to have access, like you said, like to have access mm-hmm. to the shit. Emotional and financial debt. Absolutely. Um, and then it's still it's still having to navigate your own way because there is not a roadmap for you and the way that you want to do it. And a lot of the black, you got to like really look for a black mentor. And a lot of the people that you would look for, look towards for, uh, for black mentorship are too kind of like embedded in the system to like mm-hmm. really give a fuck about you. Yeah, or they're scared that you're going to take their job because there's only room for right one or two. Which is crazy. That's the thing about white directors too is like so many white directors um, came up under other white directors and they were just like on set. Like they were just like doing PA work. Like um, Francis Ford Coppola uh, of Godfather fame and like a bunch of other shit and George Lucas were like best friends. And whenever each other were in debt, they would help each other produce each other's films. Uh, Richard Linklater, who did uh, Dazed and Confused and like a few other like good movies, like spent a lot of time just like working as like a PA or a script supervisor for like Spielberg. Like, so it's like white people were just like, you would like legitimately just like soak up game by being on set and that's invaluable because a set isn't something, it's not like a studio. There's a million fucking like studios and a niggas basement somewhere where you could learn how to like structure a song. Like, but it's like all of these directors are like Michael Jackson, like sitting like watching all of Stevie's sessions. Like that's the type of like experience they got. Like, and it doesn't happen you gotta like go to Atlanta and like carry the Medea titties around to fucking like be <laughs> to try to get yourself to get somewhere. And it's mad titties too, because they probably pop halfway through, like so it's just like it's just like a whole trolley full of titties. Shit. You gotta be the backup horror. My God. Terrifying. It's in it's invaluable shit, and it's like, it, it's like, I love to like sometimes downplay white supremacy and put it back on black artists, uh, like of the older age to go back to Gen Xers, because it's like, some of y'all could have let the youngins on set, like what was stopping y'all. Yeah, they didn't have the foresight. Um, I think that specifically with their generation, like, it was, um, like, it's where the the bootstrap mentality really, really, like, it got loose on them. You know what I'm saying? And they they were not able to shake it. Um, And they did not, they, how, like, I don't know how it happened, but they were just really, so many of them were just really unable to shake the, you know, like the helping hand of it. Um, and they were like, well, I did it. I'm here. I got it on my own. 
I'm traumatized. Get you some trauma. Right. Like, but it's just like, you don't, it doesn't work like that. And they never understood why it doesn't. That's the one thing I will say about hip hop is like the culture of putting my mans on. It doesn't always work because then it's, it, at a certain point, it's on your mans mm-hmm. to like make a hit. But there is something invaluable about like, yeah, my mans is right here. Well, because I think that hip hop in and of itself, like when you think about like art, like visual art, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, or, you know, film, like these are, these are things that like were, they became like institutions of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, hip hop was risky from the jump. It was literally dangerous from the jump. Yeah. Like I need my mans with me because I don't trust the environment I'm going into. Literally. So it's just like, you know, like being able to take that risk and like, also like the bravery of that is championed Mm -hmm. where it's just like in art, it's kind of like you, you know, like you're making shit from your soul, but like once you get to a certain point, it's just like, Oh, like it's good. The shit is going to get commodified, but you kind of just have to go along with it because it's just like, damn, like, well, what did I work so hard for? If not this. Right. And it's just like, well, shit, like, I want to, like, I I want to help, but, like, I, I mean, I just got here, so, like, and they, they saying that I, I, I'm going to get to do this, so it's just like, damn, like, I don't know, like, I don't know. Because the, at, like, at the helm is still white folks. hmm White folks who are giving you a lot of money. hmm And you already know the price of it. To me, it's like with film and with other art forms that aren't hip hop. It's kind of like when you get a retail job mm. and, and your homie is like, I let me, what's up? Can you put in a good word for me? And you're like, I want to, but I just started here and I'm the only black person working here. And like, I don't know if you drop the ball, like, if your man's drops the ball in hip hop, you still got the ball. But I feel like in film, if you give your man's a franchise and they drop the ball, it like looks bad on both of you because like there's so much more money involved in it. And also there is no hip hop without black people. So like there's there's movies without black people. I mean, clearly like look at the film industry, like there's yeah. art without black people. Look how, you know what I'm saying? Like. Mm-hmm white men dominate that shit still to this day. Like, but hip hop, like there is no hip hop without black people. Right. So it's like, yeah, like we're gonna, we're gonna bleed you dry, but like, we still need you. So yeah, bring them, bring, bring, bring everybody who you can. Mm-hmm. I really just like, there's so many like, what it's like, I can't help myself from utopian thinking. Because, like, I can't allow something within myself, and maybe it's ancestral, just won't let me fall into, like, the dystopia. Mm. And the idea that, but at the same time, like, I, I, 
my cynical side comes from the fact that like change just isn't this isn't happening fast enough. Yeah. Like it's like change isn't happening fast enough. And like with all the like there should be so much boundless black art that's being created and not just created because it's being created, but like pushed to the forefront. Yeah. It should be every day. Yeah. Like it should be like an everyday occurrence because yeah, it, it, it's just like, I think about like the idea of like the black art school and like the lives that would save and like the trajectories that would like change. And it's just like, I, and then I like want it and then I don't have the power to make it. And then I get mad at the people who I perceive to have the power that make it. And then I think about the power of the power and just like vice grip of private universities. And I'm like, wait, does the most powerful black person I know, do they even have the power to make something like this if they wanted to? Yeah. I think about like, just in terms of like imagination, like it's just like, cause part of me like wants to, like I can't wonder how much worse it's gonna get, but also it's just like, you can't tell me that like our collective mind is like like it's limited on part like the the limitations are placed there on purpose so it's just like if the if if the niggas that came here and invented slavery can remix that shit 511 times to present fucking day over hundreds of years like as much work as they put into that like it's just like that's the hundreds of years that's been taken taken away from us Mm-hmm. so it's like we have to work that much like I feel like it all goes back to like the work and it's just yeah. like so many iterations of the work mm-hmm. it's, and it's also like it's the work and it's also like and part of the work is like define like literally like sometimes it feels like the weight of all this shit makes it harder to like move and not just in the sense of like move forward in like this kind of like uh, careerist way, but like literally move, like get out of bed. Like there's a there's this kind of like aspect of like breaking the law of gravity in order to like like defeat like um, generational poverty and generational curses, or to like get to a point where you are like making a living doing what the fuck you want to do. Cause like the system is actively against black people doing that. Yeah. And it's like, um, and it's hard cause boots, the whole bootstrap mentality tells you like, I nigga, like flap your wings harder. Mm-hmm. And like, and like the idealist mentality of the way shit should be is just like, do what you love. Rest when you can't rest when you want to. And it's like, there's this kind of like, balance in between the two of like knowing what the reality is and trying to ease it for people um and that's like this the the place i don't see many people work many people who like are like at these levels i don't see them working towards that yeah because like the perpetual like the bootstrap mentality gets perpetuated because people 
either are unable or are refusing to think critically about their success and like what that really means. And it's just like, if success is just personal success, like if you just want it all, like what, like what are you, what have you contributed? Right. And having it all in this society is having all the spoils of white supremacy. There's yeah. no way around that. Yeah. Like the all in like what that that's to be obtained here um is not liberation. No. Uh but art is liber it, it it's it's like really just like there's a way to create liberation through art. Um and it requires just like a, a, a unified community of black artists who are like not only going to like create innovative shit, but also like pass the baton, pass the wealth, uh, truly work as a village and not just like being like, all right, I hope you when I can, when I can uh, give it a few years. Cause it's like, niggas don't have a few years. It's just like, like the fact that homegirl who directed, what's her name? The fact that Leslie Harris never got a second film after she made Just Another Girl in the IRT. Like the fact that there were no black, it's hard for me to not think about the black male directors that were around at the time and making multiple films that could have helped her and did it. And there's probably more complexity to that story, but that might just be me shooting bail at niggas who don't deserve, don't deserve bail. Like it's like, We'll never know. You saw her make a clap. You saw her make something that was good while you were making something that was good and you got green lit for the second film and you saw her not get green lit for the second film and I know you knew who she was. Like, yeah. it just, I just think about it and I'm like, these are like really like missed opportunities. This is negligence. And it's not really a thing that can continue if we're going to like storm the Bastille. If we're gonna like, because like black films are, I wanna see black films become as much of a necessity, which they are, but like as much of a life force as hip hop is. Mm -hmm. Because there's a magic there that's very similar to hip hop and it's possibly because the two are intertwined, but it's like, like. Yeah. It, it, has, it has to change. It's like knowing that whiteness is the dominating culture in this country, but also the way that it steals from our, like the culture that we've created. Right. Like that's the only way that like straight up like theft is how you dominate it. Like you can't, you it's wild. It's wild. And it's like, yeah, it's crazy. It's just crazy. It's crazy. Um, uh, I want to, I <laughs> we've been recording for like, I think three hours, which obviously uh. flies when you're talking about the boat trip. Like, the boat trip did not fly though. The boat trip took a while to, I want to, <laughs> I'm not going to make it, but I want someone to make that damn middle passage film. Because that's the only way niggas are gonna see. Like, I don't even know if I can watch it. I probably can't watch it. I probably won't be able to watch it. 
But I feel like that is feel like we're not gonna need to watch it. That's the thing. Right. That's the thing. Like, mm, I feel like somebody white gotta make it. Or like at least you know what I'm saying? Like I, right. I like like maybe like there's like a big like like thing like where it's just like, oh, like, yeah. This person, like you don't know who that is, to like make like make the white people watch it, and then it's just mm-hmm. like, oh my god, like Passion of the Christ. <laughs> I mean, not like Passion of the Christ, but <laughs> I'll never get those four hours back. <laughs> you know what's funny? I saw that like DVD too. Like this one of my cousins is like a crazy. I mean, what was, like, well, we can talk about this. That. White Jesus get his ass beat for four hours. Like, come on. Like. Like the middle, it's just like niggas. I can't think about slavery too much. No, because it's it's just it's just a different type of haunting that happens to my bones. But um, I want to end the podcast with I want us both to kind of like maybe acknowledge um some form of like black art that that we witnessed or that influence and and that influenced us and sparked us in this pot in a positive way it doesn't have to be recently it could be from a long time ago it could be any time like that that helped propel our trajectory and that still kind of made like lives within us okay um and i like I think about Stevie often. Okay. Um, and I, I, I just think about, I think about like a lot of like Stevie albums from going from like, like Talking Book and, and Songs in the Key of Life. And I just think about like those songs. And, I, and when I think about it, I just think of like, it's just like, it almost like breaks forth like a new like, space-time continuum in my head like when I hear living for the city like and I hear like those horns or simps of, or whatever they are like it, it's it, it feels like um it just feels like a supernova each time and it's like every time I hear it it's like that's like the feeling I want to encapsulate in anything I do or that I aspire to do because it's just like so beautiful and it's like like someone made that. Yeah. Like someone like made someone made that. And that's like God. That's like God working. I feel like sometimes like you hear like certain types, certain like all black art, but there's like certain times where you hear it and you're like, that's God like working through somebody. Um and yeah, so I just think like Stevie Wonder as a whole and just like certain songs like loves the need of love today like i'm just like how did you even like it, it it's it's like it's conductive it, it it feels like this like this element this elemental force um and and it's better than anything that white people have ever made like i just think loves the need of love today is better than anything that a white person has ever made this is like the whole concept of like composing and like knowing like yeah I 
it's like how did you do, how did you do that it, it's like you knew that you like you start off the project with that yeah which means like you heard it before you like her you know what i'm saying like just to, like i mean like i i know like what that's like but to like do it on like the level of like I mean, it's just like, we don't even have the words. You know what I'm saying? Like to make somebody lost for words on some shit. And then to start doing that from so fucking young and like never, like never declined. You know what I'm saying? Like never, never. Never. He, from that, what, when he was little Stevie, from whatever that first project was, to Seinfeld delivered, to, to, to like the whole like talking book um, phase, going to his like electronic phase to like hotter than July. And I think his last real album uh, was the Jungle Fever soundtrack. And that shit slaps. The whole project slaps. Also like be open. Like I feel like a lot of like when you, you know, have spanned over like all of those decades, like there's like a, you know, so much room to be jaded or, or, you know, like be a hater, but he, he was never a hater. It's just like, yeah, like I'm gonna keep it cur- Like, not only am I going to like make these like fantastic bodies of work, I'm gonna keep it current. Mm-hmm. Cause he moved with the current of black art. Yeah. And he understood what that, what that lineage means too. Like he knew it's kind of like, um, because Arifa got in her in her electronic bag too. I feel like there was something undeniable about like what was going on in that time, and it was like I this is like a thing I can contribute to, that I can make part. I can contribute to the patchwork of this, to the quilt of this, and it's it's like they know like artists like that, like they know something about like what this means beyond them. And yeah, so yeah, I think this is really, yeah, it's intangible how I feel about it. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, mine is shorter. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Stevie Wonder, all of it. <laughs> Period. <laughs> um, Cause I'm like thinking like so many things um, came to mind, um, but I want to shout out Lenice from the show Zoom. Lenice <laughs> was the black girl on the show Zoom, and when they did their intros, she said, "And I'm Lenice," and then she hit the illest bankhead bounce to the front and to the back. And the very first time I saw that, that shit changed my life. Cause I was like, I too am Lenise. Cause mm-hmm. I be hitting my bank head bounce and mm-hmm. I be feeling fly as shit. And it's just like, yes, I'm here. And we gonna do these little Zoom crafts and shit. And I'm mm-hmm. gonna act and I'm gonna be myself. And it's just mm-hmm. like, yes, like I see my, I like, I, I saw myself in Lenise and that was dope. Nobody knows what the fuck Lenise is doing now. And that's cool. Cause don't nobody will know what the fuck I'm doing right now. <laughs> and I'm, I'm living my fucking life. So shout out to Lenise. Shout out to Lenise for being able to let me see me on PBS 
in the afternoons when Zoom was on. Zoom is really... <sighs> Zoom is also like Stevie for me. It's like intangible in... And Lanisa, like that, that, that just like statement is just like speaks so many more value volumes than like what like some Gen Xers would be like. Here's my thesis and why you should ride with me to the end. It's like no, like this is I am encapsulating. I don't even I have blackness on my back because I do, and there's nothing I can do about that. But in this one sentence, I'm gonna like. I'm going to show you, I, I, I am you and you are me. Mm-hmm. And she went last. She was like, I'm about to rip it. And the P, the PBS producer's like, did you see that thing? <laughs> recut it, recut it, recut it, recut it. We can't have Chad at the end. Chad ain't doing shit. Chad did literally nothing. Chad sat there and said, I'm Chad. You know, we need Louise. <laughs> Niggas, all the other kids threw their fucking popsicle sticks and the rest of their crafts at Because it was her and Pablo and they were the, the children of color. Mm-hmm. And Pablo did some shit, like, because he, he wanted to rap low-key. So he would always... <laughs> just like, he did some shit with his bangs. Like, that was, like, was like, the first half of a bar. He was like, <laughs> release the whole thing. That was the life of Pablo. That's the life of Pablo. TLOP. Oh, man. Shout out to Lanise. 